I'm a crazy rival with the ways of life. We're trying to make through strong through this wasteland survival. From NB to DC, super mutants run for me. The cycle is strong and my back is done charging. Click, clank, clank, zip, 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 zap. And another one turns to dust over caps. Kill or be killed or become something worse. Try my tribe being burst. Stealth boy ready, gotta get past the death claw. All my ghoulies at the party waiting for the alcohol. I have to go now, though I'm over and come. Forgot a bottle can't mind. Just in case I get discovered, I'm not concerned. I got a ninja perk. A bloody mess gun, not demolitions expert. Always putting in work just to earn my worth on this radiated planet called Earth. Welcome back to that podcast. And we have a slightly bigger crew than the last couple episodes because people aren't traveling. Yay. 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 Welcome back, Austin. So I finally sleep in my bed. Yes, you're back. So this episode we're going to start off a little bit differently than the others. Instead of jumping into particular story stuff, we're going to be critical of the game. Yes, it's going to be that episode where we we talk about the thing that we love, which is Fallout, and we compare that to what we were given, which is Fallout 4, and mm. where we think they got things right and wrong. So we're going to start with Austin uh, because he has a lot of things to say about this already. It doesn't feel like a Fallout game to me. Um, Back when I first played Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas, I could walk around the wasteland for hours and hours just exploring and just, you know, just enjoying the environment, listening to the radio, having a great time, finding new things. But in this game, it's just, it doesn't feel the same. It really doesn't to me. Maybe it's the upgraded combat system. Maybe that has something to do with it. The way the dialogue is is a big complaint for a lot of people including myself to an extent i like that they voice acted the parts but it's just it's the same thing over and over no matter which option you pick in a lot of scenarios and it it just isn't a fallout game to me I, i still love the game it was a great game but i just i don't find myself wanting to discover more wanting to explore more in that game i know and granted i've I've done a lot in the game, but you know, it's it's just not the same. So I want to give one particular example that really jumps out at me, and you know, okay, so my my go-to example from Fallout Three was the Republic of Dave. <laughs> it was so random up in the up in the top right-hand corner of the map, it's out of nowhere, uh, and you can rig the election and do crazy stuff like that. Um, and then Dave, you know, once he gets kicked out of us, chucks a tantrum and runs away to uh, you know deathcore infested area and you can go and help him if you want or you can just leave him to his fate um that sort of thing doesn't exist in fallout 4 and i'll give a specific example so the alien crash um you know it's really cool how well piper said well did you see that and you know you can see the ufo fly down and crash and then you go and investigate it and when you find the alien the first thing he does is try to attack you like there is no option to try and help him Whereas in any other Fallout game, that would be the first thing is that, you know, it's it's never assumed that you're going to be enemies. And until you pull out a gun and shoot someone or they are a specific faction that is against you, right? So um, everybody seems to be against you. In fact, it gets to the point where since everybody seems to be against you, when you come across somebody who isn't against you, you pretty much murder them before you even realize they're your friends. Like... Uh, and I mentioned this before, there was some Brotherhood of Steel people on a bridge and I saved because I couldn't identify who they were, killed them all, walked out, realized I Brotherhood of Steel, reloaded, and they were friendly. 
because you have no choice but to to shoot first and ask questions later in Fallout 4. Um, and I, I don't I I think this is a mistake. Uh, I think it took something very important away from the game, and Skyrim wasn't like that. I um, didn't have that problem. You know. There, there are peaceful options. Maybe not enough, but there are some. Uh, for instance, uh, after you complete the main story, there is a quest to do, and you can resolve it peacefully, where nobody dies, or you, you can kill the person. I don't know if I should go into what the quest is, because it's very revealing. Um, but somebody is... Let's just say somebody who was suspected of being a synth is now revealed as one, and then you get to decide what to do with them. And they get they get very violent because they're they're upset that the if you I guess if you destroy the institute they're upset that the institute is gone and so they're uh, reacting violently and you have the choice of killing them putting them on trial or just letting them go and and it'll and the game will respect whatever choice you make and there's also the possibility of saving a hostage or getting the hostage killed. So there, there are some peaceful options there, but I agree. Most of the time, playing in the game, I'm, I feel like I have a post-traumatic stress disorder where I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to shoot everything because everything's out to get me, you know. So I, I do understand that feeling, and honestly, I'm not surprised it's gone this way because ever since I, I played Fallout One and Two, so I saw a much more dramatic change when it went from the isometric to 3D and having Wasteland 2 now just kind of further shows me that we really could just do an isometric fallout if we wanted it. It's just that they wanted to appeal to the um, action gamers and that seems to be very relevant here too because I know there's a lot mm. of issues with that. Well, it's another example that I came across um that doesn't negate the need, the, the desire for it to have an action game, but you lose depth. So it was a raider camp. I killed everybody there. I went in there. There were turrets, and there was no way to make those turrets friendly. I could turn them off, and if I came back later, they were turned back on mysteriously, even though nobody was there and they were shooting me. But I couldn't, I couldn't hack them. I couldn't take over them. I couldn't make them mine. I couldn't claim this area I'm as I'm pretty mine. sure that's a perk. Um somewhere in the perk in the okay. perks you've got the thing that lets you take control of machines take control of robots i think that's tied to that it doesn't no it's not for like static defenses the un the only option i had was to destroy them uh because this wasn't a settlement area it wasn't a place that i could there was a workshop that i could build stuff it was just a place out in the middle of nowhere um and it yeah it feels odd. Um, one thing that was very interesting in the new Tomb Raider game was there was a cave and I cleared it out of wolves and then I progressed to the game story again and, and went back to that cave and now there was like this snow leopard there it scared the crap out of me. Um, so there is this notion that, you know, that was really annoyed me in Skyrim. You clear out a place and then you come back to it later and other people have moved in who were doing the same thing that they were before. It's like, I haven't made this world any better at all. Like I, I got rid of these bad guys, and more bad guys just turned up. And Fort, it seems like Fort Fort Strong stays cleared. There are some places that will stay cleared, but yeah, there are other places that 
will respawn. But yeah, like, like, for like example, the Kovaka place, you know, it's marked as cleared, yeah, right? Yeah, that I, is annoying. Yeah, I'm, it's marked as cleared yeah. on my map. I go back there, and this raid is there again, and um, I, it resets all yeah. the um dun- dungeons, quote unquote, reset like they did in um. I don't think Skyrim. Yes, they did. That, but I think you get a mod. Yeah, it's the same. It's as Skyrim. exactly the same, and it really. It really detracts from this idea that you're you're actually making the place better for people because it feels like ninety nine percent of the population now, raiders because there is just endless raiders. And I no kind of see this from a different light decide. because if there weren't continually bad guys to go shoot, it wouldn't be as much fun for those of us who like to shoot things. And what are you going to do? Just add random little places where these things can show up? That's eventually you're going to run out of map space. Now. But it's a huge map. Like you know, it's it's hundreds of hours of gameplay, and if you if you populated these places with a new faction arrives, right? So if you if you actually base stuff on factions like they did in New Vegas, so you cleared out faction A because they're your enemy. Faction B moves in; they're also your enemy. So you clear them out. Faction C moves in, and they happen to be your friends now. And then later they become your enemy. You know, so once you clear a place out, another group's going to settle into it. It doesn't always have to be raided. It isn't always. <laughs> That uh, it's it's clear you haven't sided with any of the factions yet because you get far far enough and uh, those those other factions will start hunting you, like the 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 institute. But that's just more enemies, Scott. I'm talking about friends. Mm. Right, and you always oh, have the ability to make friends. The Minutemen, there'll be Minutemen patrols out. They're actually fighting uh, ghouls and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The Brotherhood do brotherhood that too after out. you yeah, finish but, their. Yeah. It's just not quite the same. If they had done more with the gunners, maybe it would have added another faction. But they need to they need to take a hint from New Vegas a little bit and have a little more like. I, I think they should once... go back to the first two games, honestly, and that would really get more depth. Yeah, every settlement was essentially a faction in, in Fallout One and Two. Um, right. And and you could befriend them or become enemies with them and. Yeah, it, it, and you're right. The gunners, it's like they're just randomly your enemy. <laughs> like, yeah, and they're like they're they're well fed, they're well armored, they they have homes, they're paid, and you just walk up to them and they're like, "Hey, you look like a person." Dude, I can I've kill. actually had them the usually. Usually, they, they tell be... me to back off and don't shoot right away. So no, they always shoot me right away. <clears throat> this one guy asked me for a toll, and then I killed him, and then I guess all of them turned hostile. Well, remember if that. you've got if you've got your it, gun. But hanging out and you walk up to this place where there's a guy with a gun and he's guarding something he's going to be a little bit suspicious of a guy walking towards him he doesn't know with a gun pointed at him but i always put my gun away when i when i have that chance sometimes i don't have that chance but i do um but yeah like this is another example of the fps this is an action game mentality you have your gun out you're always holding it up like there's that mod i use where you lower it down even though you it's out um, it's like this mentality of I have my gun out, I will shoot things whereas that's not necessarily <laughs> what I'm about I think that's where they made their mistake with this game is they tried to appeal too much to the first person shooter group mm-hmm. because agree. most of the perks are catered to people to kill things they're not, um, I mean there's useful ones where you can make weapons and stuff like that but a lot of them have something to do with combat and making like in- combat more fun the they, they did make combat games. more fun. 
that the combat in the game is actually quite that's fun. a good thing so i'm not i'm not gonna harp on that yeah that's a good thing it's just that they threw some of the baby out with the bathwater when they did it in the old fallout game uh one and two there were perks but there was always a, a minus side to it like uh i think there was some um, one that made you more agile <clears throat> But uh, also made you vulnerable to hits, you know. You know something like a plus and minus. You know, you get this bonus, but then you have to deal with this negative. So it was like you know a, a little opportunity cost oh. or something that's make it more. I kind of think that reflects a trend in gaming overall: is that penalties are not fun, mm -hmm. regardless of what they're caused by or why they're there. Being told that you get a penalty because of this is a lot less fun than just saying you get to be normal and everything else is a plus. Because it makes everybody feel better. It's kind of a societal yeah. thing. I agree. I'm not really surprised if I'm in god mode already now in level 65. And I feel like this game just feels way too easy. Play on Legendary. Past, uh, Fallout games. Mm. Yeah, but that only makes it hard at the start. It still ends up easy. Right? But that was the same problem they had in Skyrim. And, you know, you would get, you would get people doing um, runs in New Vegas like I did like the no kill run or the kill everything run or speed runs and stuff like that um and i i feel like those things are going to come in fallout you know the speed run right now is an hour or something so it's, it's pretty long and it's actually very as a game it's actually quite a short game like if you just did the main quest um it, yeah i beat the entire game and i took my time somewhat with the main story in less than three days because we talked about this the last episode, story. it feels like the main quest is balanced around being lower level. Um, yeah, I think it is. Like it would be, it would be much yeah, harder to do it is. when it's lower level. I found that very, very well, odd. It kind of uh, yeah, makes sense was, um... because if one of the factions is three quarters of the way through the main quest, you have to make it low level so that people who want to play with that later faction are able to play it at not astronomical leather levels so they don't have to go through 20 hours of gameplay or 50 hours of gameplay to get to the part where they get to do the part they want to do yeah but one hour gameplay <laughs> i don't know if you could do it in one hour the other th the other thing they did with the map is they made the starting area low level enemies and as you go out from the map and i don't know if any of you got the strategy guide but it came with a map that you can fold out and it's got a um heat signature of basically the levels and when you get down to the south where the um gunner's main headquarters is and all that it's like level 50 plus like you don't you don't want to even get near that area unless you're like level 45 because they're going to be so tough whereas if you're near um uh concord then everything's going to be just super easy when you're a high level because it's catered to lower level yeah what they where whereas the world should level up with the player they tried in that in Oblivion, areas. and it was horrible. Some there are there are enemies that'll level up with you. Like if you do the Witchcraft Museum, you will get a leveled uh, Deathclaw there. It won't be the right. same Deathclaw; it'll be a more powerful one. I will say that one of your other things that you mentioned was the dumbed down conversation stuff. So I don't feel as angry about that because as soon as the mod came out to show you what you're going to say, I installed it and never looked back. It fixed a big, big problem in the game for me, um, which was, you yeah, know, but... okay, so I have negative, positive, sarcastic, and 
whatever that other one is, you know? Um, and and that was that's just too... Because mm. some of those sarcastic things you can say are pretty darn funny. Um, but it feels like it doesn't matter which way you go through the, the, the discussions, you always end up at roughly the same output anyway, which... Mm-hmm. Um, that's my big complaint. That, that feels you should, really You wrong. should get negative impact if you say something yeah. sarcastic. At least, you know, especially in certain circumstances, you may like really piss someone off, like the mayor or something. If you said uh, something sarcastic to him, you'd be like, well, you're not getting into Diamond City then. And, you know, he kicks you and Piper out. I think that's where they made the mistake with taking the I only realized just a couple days ago that that wasn't even in there anymore. Well, when you don't have faction faction likes and dislikes like you had in New Vegas, and then also no karma system, it's really strange because it's like there's basically no ramifications whatsoever for any actions you take. Only as far as the NPC that you want to run around with. But we had a friend who was saying he didn't steal anywhere near as much stuff in Fallout 4 because he didn't get a native karma mark whenever he did it. So it didn't feel like it was like doing anything at all, just taking stuff. I had uh, Nick with me, and he really doesn't like stealing, so I tended not to steal. Unless I... Then I would just have to leave Nick behind and take McCready, who actually likes you stealing. This is weird. Yeah, I don't think that the... I mean, this idea of making the companions try to be your moral compass by by liking or disliking actions that you take. Um, it feels it feels a little bit like they're trying to have richer characters like Bioware has in their games, but they're not quite getting there. Well, it takes time for... Well, all you get is a perk for making them happy. All you get is a perk. Or a romance. Yeah. Or... Which is weak compared to what you... If you look well, at yeah, Effect. but this is Bethesda. They haven't gotten that far in character development yet. It, I mean, it kind of going to take them. It, yeah. So this is the question: is like, where is this tech going? So we, we 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 can see elements of what they might be trying to develop. They continue to make really crappy radiant quests in this game. Like you know, radiant quests sucked in Skyrim, and they they suck in this game too. Um, which the Minutemen ones are so awful. I hate Every the time you walk past, past Preston. You, you, Preston, I don't mind actually going out to a place, clear some enemies, get some loot, and leave. What's annoying is the Brotherhood ones that send you on an escort mission to watch over the scribe or watch over this kid who's like 10 years old in a freaking combat zone. What What are they thinking? It's just, oh my god. Well, that's your job, to take care of him. Building character, I guess. He should take care of him by leaving him out of the combat zone. He doesn't need to go there. You know, they're crazy. So there's there's micro cinematics in the game, which are there's, they come out of nowhere and they're really cool when they happen, um, like the Constitution or like the singer in the bar where you pick where you find McCready. If you go and talk to her after talking to McCready, McCready walks out of his room and and you know says, "Oh, she's more trouble than she's worth," or something like that. Some some sort of quip at her. It's clear that they're friends, or they know each other at least. Um, that stuff's really cool, and it adds to this idea that the companions are major characters in the story, but it's few and far between. Um, and <laughs> I read somewhere that somebody almost died in the glowing sea. Why? 
because Piper suddenly wants to talk about her family in the middle of the gliding sea and all the red, red away and red X wore off and you can't leave the conversation until she's done and she keeps ticking down as you're going. Oh, that is so annoying. That's why I didn't take any companions with me when I went to the glowing sea. Um, so, so where is, where is this going? Like what kind of game will the next Elder Scrolls be? Will it be more like Dragon Age? I'm... I hope for more dialogue options. I mean, there's no reason, even on consoles, that you have to limit your discussion to four options only. There's just no reason. Yeah, because I really miss the... Now that I have these perks, these other options become available. As opposed to these still existing four options become more likely <laughs> uh, to pass. I think that's really weak. I think what they're going for... Is trying to merge like... games like Skyrim and um, uh, the new Dragon Age and try to turn it into best of both worlds type thing. I think that's what both companies are trying to do. And they each have their own they... strengths and they're working on their weaknesses as they go on. And trying new stuff as well. Yeah, but it's what they lose on the way that really matters. And, and it's like when Bioware changed direction as a company when EA bought them, all of their games went from being really interesting role-playing games to pointless action games that were basically a movie where your choices actually didn't matter whatsoever despite their advertising campaigns. Sounds and like what happened to Sierra. Red, green, and, and blue. And, and like, so Bethesda's like the holdout, right? Bethesda's the holdout. They made Skyrim that was this you know, epic adventure game. It was way better than Oblivion. Um, almost up there with Morrowind, almost. Um, and... You know, it, it was good, and and now Fallout Four lost th- that that role playing aspect that Skyrim had, and Skyrim wasn't even doing it that well. So I suspect the company wait, what's has this figured mean for out. The future of our, I suspect the company has heard our complaints. At least I hope they have. That's my that's my non wanting to depress myself home. version of the of events. <laughs> Well, no, it just it does raise the question if if Bethesda also goes the same route as as Bioware did in 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 their own way um, because of you know a desire to make Hollywood level movie games or tapping into a market that we don't understand as their loyal customers, um, then where does that leave us? Because you know I'm not I don't trust Bioware anymore. I don't want to get to the point where I don't trust Bethesda. But if this if this is what they're going to do with the next Elder Scrolls game, <laughs> well, gee. Yeah, there was a joke where they showed, uh, I think it was a picture of Aragorn or something, or at least somebody looking like they're in Elder Scrolls, and it just says, yes, no, or, or happy face, sad face. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Touching back on the companion thing, I do like how they gave the companions far more story than they did in previous games. Like, when you get to know the companions really well, they have a very good story. Like, McCready has a really good story. I don't know if any of you have been around I with have, him a I lot. I like McCready's story. That I was, that don't was agree satisfying. with you. I think the New Vegas companions had pretty good stories. And some of them were have quite you... elaborate. You had to go to certain areas to trigger the next phase of their conversations. And what they gave you in the end was really good most of the time, too. Like, the remnants. Uh, you know. Reminds me a little bit of Baldur's Gate. And I think there's nothing wrong with a game 
to be niche, you know, to have a niche, to not have to appeal to every single player out there and just appeal to a certain group of players. And I just feel like it, I feel like the game gets watered down on what it what brought us all to like Fallout and a lot of these other games. And, you know, just trying to appeal to everyone just isn't really a good strategy, I think. It's very hard, but they also spent a long time making the game. And so you, you question things like, in the original Fallouts, if you were an idiot, if you had low intelligence, people would talk to you like you're an idiot. They had a throwback to that in New Vegas at the solar facility, where if you were an idiot, the scientist would talk to you like you're an idiot um, and humor you. It was, it it was really cool. It happened in more places um, than just the Helios wasn't... 1. Yeah, and it didn't exist in Fallout 3 at all. And it basically doesn't exist in Fallout 4. In fact, being an idiot in Fallout 4 is really advantageous. Um, <laughs> which is they, you sad. do get speech options like that though in four I've heard I've never I've done never it myself seen but um, but like sometimes you, he just kind of goes oh when he talks <laughs> and that's about it um, and so like that depth of gameplay like having all of the plethora of different variations done shallow you know not not super deep but not too shallow and. And so, so what do they what do they spend their time on when they make Fallout Four, right? So, obviously the map is huge. They've got all these animations. They've got all this voice acting and stuff. And it seems like that must cost a lot of time and money to do, um, because they cut out all of the stuff that, well, most of us really thought made Fallout good. They definitely made their money back though with the amount of sales the games had. Yeah, and it, it makes you wonder, like, because so, like, do you remember the Sci-Fi Channel used to have lots of Sci-Fi shows on it, and they decided they didn't like their audience anymore and just changed everything, in, but kept calling themselves Sci-Fi, and presumably they found a, a market that they liked, but at the cost of the one they already had. Procedural cop shows. And, and it's it's like okay, so betrayal, fair enough. You don't like us anymore, and we don't give you the money you want. So then that becomes the question of for Bethesda. It's like. Did they make all of this money because they decided they didn't like the customers they had and they wanted to tap into a bigger market? And and once again, you know, betrayal. And, and that's exactly what Bioware did. You know, they decided they didn't like making RPGs because RPGs wasn't a good, big enough market for them. So they, you know, literally took the Gears of War game engine <laughs> and and then sci-fi'd it. Um, so, so are we just not... A market that is worth appealing to and it's uh it's really giving me the sense of what happened with uh sierra this this conversation where they they didn't want they, they wanted to appeal to the 3d uh action gamers they wanted to turn space quest into a sci-fi shooter they wanted to turn king's quest into basically quest for glory and you know it just was ridiculous and i really don't want to see another game company go down that road but i i hope they get back more rpg elements and you know maybe make some consequences because it's okay to have consequences in a game it's okay to have a you lose or you have a you can't get this because you didn't do that because you're rejected this guy that's right and you know what the difference is is the differences between a a movie and a novel a novel has lots of rich detail in it Whereas a movie, you're on rails and they skim across a lot of stuff to to dazzle your eyes, you know, or or push home a particular emotion. If it's like a, you know, a romantic, 
comedy or something like that. Um, yeah. And so they have a very limited amount of space to do that in with a movie. And then, you know, they'll make a TV series and they'll be able to expand it out more. Um, and games, especially games as big as Fallout, should feel more like a novel because you're going to spend a long time in there and if it's the same thing over and over again, oh, here's another building, there'll be things in there wanting to kill me, you don't want to read that chapter because you've already read that chapter 10 times, 20 times before. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas, I never had that experience. I would see a new building and I'd be going, ooh, I wonder what's in there. And I'd go in and I would explore and there'd be something interesting. Um, and it would be worthwhile. And there are things like that in Fallout 4, like, you know, the hubris comics and stuff like that. Um, There's the uh, booby trap uh, parking plaza, apparently, the parking garage. Uh, I thought it was a house, but apparently it's a parking garage. And it's right next to a hospital. And some serial killer psychopath has booby trapped it and made it a labyrinth and you can go through. And at the end, you actually get this choice. There's these two caged uh, rooms and there's there's loot in both of them but you can only have one because if you open one the other one gets destroyed it, it, it shoots a flamethrower and a bomb and the whole the thing on the side gets all blown up so you can only get certain kind of loot that's in there it's like there's nukes on one and then there's like drugs and stim packs and stuff on the other and so you have to decide and i think fallout 4 needs more of that kind of thing yes it definitely does and um, so it's it's few and far between in Fallout 4. Um, like, 50% of the time you go into a random new building, it's just a bunch of robots, raiders, or, or um, ghouls who just want to kill you, and then maybe you'll find some valuable book or something in there. Um, I think... Yeah. I think what they did wrong was making the world too big. Because then they could focus on the finer details, whereas now... They have a map with over 300 locations on it where you have to make a story for every location. You know, like, it's too big for its own good. But it's only three it's times explore, bigger than New but... Vegas. Like, New Vegas had about 100. And they spent a lot longer on this game than they than was spent on three or New Vegas. So it's, it's almost like they, they pushed the budget into the cinematics and cut it from the story writing and the world creation. Yeah, the one thing they, I do like... They cut out uh, underwater stuff, I remember. Yeah, I expect that'll come back in a DLC or something like that. Um, the lack of DLC plans as well has kind of made me uneasy. Uh, the season pass thing. Well, we may or may not do DLC. Well, we'll do at least one. Yeah. It's like, what? I spent 30 bucks <laughs> on this season thing... pass. You better put out DLC, boy. Well, I think that this episode has been very interesting to, to air some of our grievances about the game. Um, I think we're you know pretty much on time here. Are there any last thoughts? Well, there I was one, one bug that happened at Bunker Hill that I really didn't like where uh, I was trying... Because I, I read up a little bit and I found that if you want to get Bunker Hill as a, um, a workable uh, settlement... You have to make sure that the mayor there survives because she can get killed. And so uh, I started the quest and uh, like a dummy I told basically everybody to come in come in because uh, Bunker Hill is going to get attacked. And so I told the other two factions to come and that basically set everybody to start just shooting like crazy. 
And the one people I didn't expect to shoot at the mayor of Bunker Hill was the freaking railroad. And they were doing that. And so I shot at them to stop them. And so when I went underground into the underground bunker, the freaking turrets and every, uh, were shooting at me because they thought I was hostile. And so the game got messed up. And it was, just, it was not very clear what it was supposed to do if I didn't want them to be hostile. It, just, it was messed up. Even if you do tell them all, or not, don't tell any of them, they all show up anyway for that. Oh, okay. But um, the one thing I want to say that I find that is probably the thing that I'm going to remember most about this game is the links back to Fallout 3. There's a lot of characters from Fallout 3 in this game. There's a lot of throwbacks to it. There's a lot of stories. Like the Silver Shroud, that's from Galaxy News Radio. Um, certain characters, I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but obviously the Brotherhood, they're from the Capital Wasteland. That was one of the things that still gets me excited about the game, that there's these characters that were from the original game, the game I fell in love with. And it's just, it's nice to see them connecting the two like that. I just like blowing stuff up. <laughs> well, on that note... Uh, join us at www.thatpodcast.com uh, where you can get links to the Facebook group, the Steam group, the iTunes subscription, the RSS feed for Android, and past episodes. So until next week, we'll see you later. Damn laser beams of must Everybody I see just turns to dust I'm like, yeah, cock back and bust The wasteland we trust for my ways of white Hot damn laser beams of must Everybody I see just turns to dust I'm like, yeah, cock back and bust The wasteland we trust for my ways of white Sir, I strongly advise you stay away